This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. going on who that is it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast sorry about that little echo that y'all hear in the background but thank y'all so much uh for being a part of the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints and um if you see me looking down it's because i'm actually looking uh, i'm actually using my uh, my iphone as a camera here today so um i have the uh my laptop right here i'm using that also so if you see me looking down and not at the camera because i'm actually looking at your comments but thank you so much for a lot of technical difficulties here thank you so much for being a part of the state of the saints podcast where we talk to all the saints and uh i want to say to everybody out there that is new to the podcast this normally does not happen <laughs> but um i'm at the station right now and uh just trying to get everything together man so sorry about yesterday didn't get a chance to uh, get on uh, yesterday was running around a little bit with the wife, uh, you know, so and also had uh, some appointments that I had to make. But I'm here now. And the topic of the day uh, where we're going to be talking about is Alvin Kamara. Um, Alvin Kamara, um, will he join an exclusive club? And by exclusive club, I mean, will Alvin Kamara uh, join the club of a thousand yards rushing? and the thousand yards catching. Now, we've seen uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, the running back for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he did that uh, a couple years ago. Uh, you know, he was a guy that was one of the top running backs in all the football. And there's only a few guys who actually rest, rushed for a thousand yards and caught uh, th uh, for a thousand yards. And, you know, you can think of guys like, uh, you know, LaDamian Tomlinson, you know what I'm saying, Marshall Falk, 
you know, so that's that's very elite territory right there. So we know about the the skills and the abilities that Alvin Kamara possess. Uh, we know that he is a guy who is extremely talented, you know, when it comes to running in between the tackles, running on the outside, also catching the ball out the backfield. Some people would say that he has better hands than some wide receivers that you see. And also we see some of the, the footage that have been out here of Alvin Kamara, you know, uh, doing all these different balancing drills. We know that he has become a guy that we look at and we, we just get an awe at some of the talent and some of the workout regimens he does in the offseason. So do I feel like Alvin Kamara can join this exclusive club? Absolutely. You know, I think that he can, he definitely can join this club. He's a guy who is uh, really, really tough. He's a guy that really honestly doesn't even have to leave the field. I mean, when you have a running back that can play all three downs, you have yourself something special. You know, normally, like when you see guys like Alvin, they're probably good at one thing and they probably lack at another. Uh, for example, you might see Alvin Kamara. You might see him, you know, like, you know, a guy like him be able to catch, but they can't run in between the tackles. Or they'll be able to run in between the tackles, but they can't catch out of the backfield. This guy can do both of those things. And and then you add the fact that he's probably one of the smartest football players that you're ever going to find. You know, uh, Sean Payton also always talks about how extremely talented and how extremely smart uh, Alvin Kamara actually is. So Alvin Kamara is an extremely bright football player, and I definitely feel like he could be that guy that can rush for 1,000 yards and catch uh, for 1,000 yards. He definitely can be uh, one of those guys. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, he's a guy that I feel like can really get the job done. He's a guy that I feel like can really go out there and put his best foot forward. And you can honestly say that he can be one of those guys that can put a team on his back. We've seen um, when he can take over a game. We've seen it last year versus the Minnesota Vikings. We've seen it the year before that when he played uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. So he's a guy that you can really count on to be, uh, you know, every down back. So, and you're definitely going to need him when you got yourself a new quarterback, rather it's Taysom or rather it's Jameis Winston. So I do feel like he has a strong possibility if he stays healthy, because, you know, that is the key, staying healthy all 17 games. If he can stay healthy, I think that he can uh, have the uh, recipe for success. So that is uh, what I feel about it. I would love to hear from you, hear what you all have to say about Alvin Kamara and can Alvin Kamara uh, join that thousand thousand club. So thank you all so much for filing into the chat. Now, once again, I apologize uh, for that feedback earlier. Um, I was actually trying to use the soundboard for audio and trying to use the, you know, use my cell phone for video, but unfortunately it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to work out. So I do apologize for that, who that nation. Uh, but let's go ahead and um, start with Carla. Carla saying, what up? Carla, how you doing? Jerry saying, hey to everybody. We got Doug in the building. We got Cass, who's a supporter. We got Monica. Thank you so much for being here. We got Ren in the building. Empty Minded Gaming, a supporter. Thank you so much. Uh, Kimo is here, who's also a supporter. Thank you so much, Kimo. Pammy is here. Thank you so much, Pam, for being here. RJ and, and so many others. I see Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey, I know you asked earlier about what was that. That was actually feedback coming from the soundboard. So I apologize for that, folks. I thought I was going to try to do something a little bit different, but it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. So the audio that y'all hear is probably coming from uh, my cell phone. But AJ Farmer says Alvin has to be the biggest third round still in a long time. 
Yeah, I de- he definitely um, he definitely is. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a guy who you know surprisingly was there in the third round. You know, man, you know how it goes. I mean, he, he ran into a little bit of trouble uh, in his college career. You know, you know, guys are young. They're you know they're impressionable. They make a lot of mistakes, and I think that kind of hurt Alvin in the long run. I mean, for as far as him being drafted, but I mean, it was a, definitely a fine for the New Orleans Saints and. This isn't one of those guys where I feel like, oh, he just went to the right situation. Me personally, I feel like Alvin Kamara would have been this for any other team. We were lucky enough to actually find this guy and be able to, uh, you know, find a lane for him. And every year he becomes more confident in himself. So I definitely um, or is I'm definitely excited that Alvin Kamara uh, has joined the New Orleans Saints. Uh, injuries were one of the main points of our demise. I don't want it to happen again. Well, guys are going to get hurt. You know, that's just what it is. I mean, there's a there's a 100% injury rate here in the National Football League. You're going to get hurt. As a player, you're going to get hurt. You're going to see guys get hurt. You're going to be nicked up. So that just comes with the territory. Teams that finish the season with the majority of their starters actually playing, that's a blessing in disguise because it doesn't really happen the way that it does. So uh, is anyone else buffering? Uh I don't know. Am I buffering right now? Yeah, I hope not. Uh, she said, okay, thank you. I don't know. Um, it's raining here in uh, in South Carolina. There's some real bad weather out here. You know, I would open a window so y'all can actually see it. Matter of fact, I will. So <laughs> I open that window so y'all can actually see that it's actually raining out there. So we got some bad weather in the forecast out here. So. Um, let's see. Uh, who that, y'all? I've been busy with that stuff lately, but I'm glad to catch a live show. Count, thank you very much for, for being a supporter, and I understand that. You know, I definitely, you know, so I definitely understand that, man. I mean, that's a 24-hour job right there. Mario says, who that? We that. King Arthur said TJ was adding. I, um, I hope you had a good time at your event, King Arthur. I hope everything worked out, man. Uh, you doing call-ins today? Uh, no, I'm not. Um like I said, I was supposed to uh, have the audio through the soundboard right here, and I was just going to use my, my cell phone as for the camera, but it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. But uh, hopefully, you know, if everything works out, you know, when I get home, uh, you know, I get into my studio at the house, hopefully I can do another show later on and I can answer some phone calls uh, later on tonight if everything works out and, you know, everything's okay when I get to the crib. I don't have no... No little uh, honeydew jobs that my wife need me to do. Uh, let's see. Key Down South says he didn't start at Tennessee, which says a lot about why they uh, program is bottom of the barrel. Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't see it that way because I, I look at Alvin Kamara now. He was. I mean, he was good, but he he's, he wasn't who he is right now. And I can understand why people would have this have this issue you know i i don't understand it you know what i'm saying i mean the fact is t- he came to tennessee as a transfer you know of course they probably didn't know what they actually had because he wasn't who he was where he was you know at tennessee so i can understand that man you know i mean he, he became a he's a much better pro than he was a college player what up, TJ? LT has not uh, rushed and received for a thousand yards in the same season. Roger Craig, Marshall Falk, Edron James, and Chris McCaffrey, but uh, AK41 will do it too. Well, Smallville, I appreciate that, man. Um, 
you know, I appreciate that little correction right there uh, about LT. I guess, you know, I don't know if LT was like relatively close to it or, or what, you know what I'm saying? I know he was like real close to getting that thousand and thousand. I don't know if he had, like you said, I don't think he got it. But definitely, you know, um, Roger Craig was one of them, Marshall Falk, Edrin James, you know, like, yeah, those are some of the guys that actually did in Christian McCaffrey a couple of years ago. So Smallville, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for that correction. Uh, TJ, I heard Quan was looking amazing right now, just five months after surgery. think there's a chance we bring him back. Uh, yeah, I do feel like there's a chance that the Saints will bring uh, Quan Alexander back. Uh, but look, here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> they're called highlights for a reason. You know, like ain't nobody showing lowlights. Okay, of course they're going to show him being like super explosive and doing all these different movements and stuff like that. So uh, coaches and organizations can get excited about signing them. I mean, this is the reason why these agents get their money. You know, they get their money because they put the they put the player in a position uh, to look good, and you know they talk these players up. So he looks good on camera, man. But what you gonna do during a workout? So do I feel like he can come back to the Saints? Yeah, if he's healthy and he passes his physical. Yeah, I can see the Saints bringing him back and at the right price. But when you have a guy that has a history of continuously being hurt, you know, that I mean, it, it raises a lot of red flags. And it, no matter how good the guy is, team is probably just going to be looking at, well, we'll we have him, but for how long? So, yeah, they can bring him back at the right price and the right circumstance. But, you know, I got to see how he looks, you know, at practice, at training camp, because, of course, they're going to show highlights, you know, they're called highlights for a reason. Uh, Trey says, I suspect Alvin will continue his catching out of the backfield and will be a huge help in limiting Winston's uh, deep risk mistake interceptions. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that will help him out tremendously. Uh, when you have yourself a good running back that can run in between the tackles and get about four or five yards a clip, uh, it, it really helps the, the, the play action game for those downfield throws. Uh, I think what a lot of people aren't understanding and what, what went wrong with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was the fact that uh, when you're doing play action, nobody believed it is because you didn't run the football. Uh, there was very uh, few run plays in between in Tampa. Uh, Bruce Arians, Dirk Cutter, all those guys wanted to do it, just air that thing out for it to look beautiful on, on tape, you know, but you have to have yourself a balance. I think what's going to help out uh, Jameis is a balance attack. Uh, I don't think you'll see so many interceptions because you know, he'll have that mind frame of taking what the defense give him, and especially when you have a running back who has hands like a wide receiver and that can run routes similar to that of a wide receiver. So uh, I think that's going to help him out tremendously. I think that's going to help him out when it comes to the play action game. And I really feel like uh, the New Orleans Saints are going to be, uh, you know, they're going to benefit. And so does uh, Jameis Winston. He's going to benefit because this is the first time I can really say since Probably Jameis been in college. We had, uh, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, a really good running back. You know what I'm saying? When you had really good, you know, guys that was running out of the backfield, you know, when you have, you know, that, when you have that balance attack, it helps you become a better quarterback. So I think that helps, uh, that helped Jameis in college, and I think it's going to help him in the pros. It's bad weather here too, TJ, but on my end, you're fine. Uh, I live in North Carolina. Okay, Ramsey. Yeah, you're not that far from me. Uh, what part of North Carolina you stay in? Oh, I, I, I live in Myrtle Beach, of course. 
but you know Myrtle Beach isn't uh, that far from the uh, North Carolina state line. You know, it's probably like 45 minutes I'll be in North Carolina. Carla says, uh, not, buffer not buffering for me is raining here in Maryland too. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of rain in the, in, in the country right now. Doak said, I was speaking on Kamara going for a thousand receiving rushing. I was saying I don't want him to get burnt out, not saying he can't do it. Uh, I don't I don't think that will involve him, you know, being burnt out. You know, I, I really don't. I mean, Alvin Kamara average, you know, what I'm saying over 100 yards from scrimmage anyway. You know, like if he would consistently do it, you know, what I'm saying, I mean, thousand and a thousand. Okay. A thousand and a thousand, that'll be fine. You know, like, so that, that wouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, finally, I get some shine. <laughs> TJ's back. <laughs> that's actually not my backyard, man. That's the back of the uh, radio station. And I was actually waving to the station manager. He was telling me that he was, he was heading out. So man, shout out, uh, you know, so. If y'all see me waving, I'm not waving at myself. That was waving at the station manager. What up, TJ? Who that? Keen Arthur says, TJ, do you see a bigger role for Deontay and Traquan? Yeah, I think that you're going to see these guys really step up and, and really play really well. You know, I think that the fact that you have a uh, opportunity to open up the playbook a little further, I think you'll be able to see these guys be a little bit more explosive. I think you'll see these guys be a little bit more uh, you know, a little bit more active in the offense. Uh, Deontay Harris, I think that he's uh, one of those guys that is, is ready uh, to take that extra step. I mean, I see some playmaking ability inside of him. I just think that it was few and far in between because of the limitations of Drew. So now that you have a guy that can throw the ball, uh, you know, down the backfield, you can have a, uh, you know, a guy that can, you know, go out here and, you know, do the wide receiver screens, do the street routes, Man, I think I think you have yourself something special. Robin says, who is the one player this year uh, that is uh, going to step up and surprise you? Um, I think it's going to be Deontay Harris uh, is one. I think Traquan Smith is going to be better than um, he's going to be better than a lot of people are giving him credit for because he has that downfield threat. That, that's just my honest opinion. Uh, Cass says he was close uh, to it last year. I feel like he, if he didn't miss that game, you're looking at a thousand yard rushing and 800 receiving. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, him missing, you know, what I'm saying him missing those games was, uh, you know, was hurtful. You know, he definitely would have went over a thousand yards in that game. I mean, he was like maybe like a couple yards short. Uh, wasn't even a hundred yards uh, from getting a thousand yards. So that that did kind of hurt him. Ever since the preseason game against the Chargers, we all knew AK was going to be very special. Well, it didn't always start off that way. You know, like, I think the Saints were just kind of trying to make that three running back set work. That was during the time when Adrian Peterson was there, Mark Ingram, and, of course, Alvin Kamara. And, um, you know, the first couple of games when the Saints played, you know, Alvin Kamara didn't really look that good. And then all of a sudden, Sean was like, hey, wait a minute, man. Like, I, I think I can put this guy in position to succeed, and the rest is history, man. So, you know, shouts out to uh, Sean Payton for understanding that, okay, I, I got to, you know, put this guy in this position, and they were, you know, willing to sacrifice a, a Hall of Fame running back in order for them to go with that two-headed monster of Ingram and um, Camaro. So, 
Which one is most likely? Kamara, 1,000 rushing and receiving, or Winston throwing for 5,040 yards and 15 uh, interceptions? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the thousand and a thousand. That's my brother EJ from the Pick Six Blog World Podcast. Um, to me, I want the thousand and a thousand. Okay, I want the thousand and a thousand because when you're throwing for five thousand yards, uh, nine times out of ten, you're not making the playoffs. Uh, there are very few quarterbacks in history who threw for five thousand yards and made the playoffs. Okay, the majority of the five thousand yards records belong to Drew Brees. And I don't think the Saints made the playoffs when he threw for 5,000 yards. No, I don't I don't think so. I think the four times he did, they were like eight and eight, seven and nine. So I would, I would rather see Jameis Winston uh, not throw for 5,000 yards. I'd rather see AK with 1,000 and 1,000. Uh, Tennessee had Jalen Hurts uh, for half the season. I just think that man, you you really didn't know you really didn't know what you uh you had, man. I mean, look, they didn't know what they had, and if you don't have that offensive mind, that offensive mind, the coach, or coordinator to bring it out of you, hard for you to see it. Bring Quad and Alexander back if he uh, does uh, go go down. Keep Warner in rotation. Anybody better than Alexander Loney? <laughs> <laughs> Pete Warner gonna start regardless, um, regardless they bring Quan Alexander back or not. Ken Arthur, thank you very much for the five dollars. He said event went well. I realized that uh, the recovery as we get older is way slower. I had an event at Payne College. I want um, invite you uh, to on July thirty first. Okay, if I if I can make it, man, I definitely will come. You know, it's not you know I, I definitely want to come out to events and. Now that the the world is opening up and all that kind of stuff, I want to, you know, be able to do some traveling and stuff like that. And, man, I want to be able to get out and be active and do some stuff in the community. Definitely want to take more trips down to uh, New Orleans, to my hometown more often, especially me actually doing this. And I got some uh, some great news uh, that I want to announce uh, probably during the time, you know, a little bit later in the show. Got some good news uh about the future of the State of the Saints podcast, man. Got some good news coming up uh, that's going to involve the NFL season, man. Jerry Poore says it, it was raining here in Gulfport earlier, but it calmed down, expecting more rain later, but at home, uh, staying dry. Well, that's good, man. I mean, it, it's some bad weather out here. It's some bad weather, man. Real bad weather, and I think it's supposed to be like this all day. Uh, probably one of the reasons why my station manager dipped out, you know, but I mean, he... He did some traveling, man. He's been on vacation for the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I know he got to be kind of burnt out, you know. I was shocked that he actually came here today. He actually was traveling for him and his uh, him and his beautiful wife. They traveled for the last couple of weeks, and I was just shocked that he was here today. That's why I just like, you know, I came in. Uh, Jameis is the man. I'm glad Bree's gone. He's been hurting us for the last four years. <laughs> wow, man. Uh, you know, as crazy as this sounds, uh, you know, the way that Terry thinks, you have a lot of Saints fans that, that feel the same way. Uh, you know, they, they feel the same way about him. And, and it's uh, absolutely amazing that you have so many Saints fans uh, that feel the same way. But I think it was time for Drew to retire, in my opinion. You know, I mean, he, he earned the right, and I've said this before, he earned the right to retire on his own terms. And now that he's retired, it's time to look towards the future. But hopefully, you know, these guys can – 
not make us miss them so much, you know, by playing well. Diedrich says, what up? Who that nation? Who that TJ? What's going on, Diedrich, man? Appreciate you being here. Colorado says, uh, good afternoon, uh, DJ. How was your day? Um, I'm not, well, my name is uh, TJ. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm saying Colorado Ferguson. So uh, if you're in Colorado, I can understand that error, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, nah, but seriously, all jokes aside, uh, Colorado, I, I'm having a good day so far, man. I mean, the, the, the rainy weather doesn't affect me at all, man. I, I really enjoy I really enjoy it, man. No problem here. Uh, it's storming here in North Carolina. Yeah. I live in Clayton, North Carolina, near Raleigh. Okay. All right. Uh, who that? Giving a shout out to Jerry Poor. Terry says, I think we're going to be okay. Defensive. Uh, it's suspect, though. Uh, I don't know about suspect. I mean, we haven't seen it yet, Terry. We got to be careful with these, uh, you know, with these thoughts, man, because, I mean, it may not be as bad as we think. You know, I can understand you got some pieces that were missing, some guys left, some cap casualties, if you will, but. I think we'll be okay, man. I mean, you got yourself the same coordinator. So I think the one thing that was an issue with the New Orleans Saints over the last couple of years was the fact that they kept on changing coordinators because their defense was suspect. Now you have some stability um, at the defense position when it comes to coaching and players. I think that they understand what the coaches want. The coaches understand the type of players that uh, they have. So that's something that is beneficial to the New Orleans Saints. So when you have uh, the same coordinator, and these guys understand the coordinator, the coordinator understands the guys, it makes the transition easier. And it makes the guys that coming in, you know, it makes those guys, you know, be able to get coaching, not only from, from the coaching uh, staff themselves, but also the players that have been there. So, you know, it's not like everybody, it's not like everybody is trying to learn it the same way. Uh, Josh says all subject, but Rogers to the Broncos or not. Um, I think people are really pushing that notion, uh, Josh. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that, uh, they want to see Aaron Rodgers go to the Broncos because that means that they can, they can go ahead and promote Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers twice a year. That, that's all this is about. That's the reason why. I mean, if there's a team out there that, that needs the, 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 I, I guess the, the services of Aaron Rodgers, they probably are looking. There are probably teams out there with, with a stronger possibility than them, um, Denver to getting Aaron Rodgers. The only thing is, the reason why the media is pushing this this narrative is because they want desperately, they want, they want Aaron Rodgers to take on Patrick Mahomes because for the last couple of years, you start seeing Tom Brady, you know, get a little older, Drew Brees getting a little older, then all of a sudden you start hearing about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, the arm talent, the, the throws down the field. Like only these two guys can make these passes and all that kind of stuff. So they're really pushing this narrative for him to go to Denver because if he does, that means that the NFL will win in the long run. That means that you'll get Denver versus Kansas City twice a year. You can broadcast that. You can promote that. That can be a nationally televised game that's ratings that's more money for the nfl okay so i don't feel like denver has a stronger chance than any other team that that has you know like somebody you know like a team like i don't know if things don't work out with Tua, miami or you know a team that may you know saying need need a quarterback i don't know 
I'm, I'm trying to think of a team that desperately need desperately needs a quarterback. You know, I can see Aaron Rodgers like going to a team like Detroit, even though he's saying he wants to. He ne like he he's not like how he is with Julio. You know, like I can see him going somewhere like Detroit, just to, despite the Green Bay Packers to play them twice a year. I just think that the narrative is they want Aaron Rodgers in the AFC West because if you look at it, man, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Justin Herbert, right? You know, Derek Carr is a little bit of a dark horse, but if you looked at Justin Herbert, you know that the trajectory, um, I mean, of his career is like, you know what I'm saying, to the roof. I can, I, I can actually see Justin Herbert leading the Chargers uh, to a Super Bowl. How, that, that guy is really, really good. Then you've got Patrick Mahomes, who is emerging as the face of the, of the new NFL, the new generation of NFL stars. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, who he's compared to. So they want that desperately. So that's why you keep on hearing Denver, 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 Denver. That's all that's about, man. That's all that's about. You know, the media, you know, they, they tell you the things that they, you know, they, they'll, they'll tell you their narrative if you listen closely. You know, that's the reason why you have guys, you know, when these guys want to get traded in the NBA, you know, they always have these big market teams and they align these guys. Really, it's not like, it's not like they're talking to us. They basically be talking to those agents, right? That's why you have like Chris Broussard and, you know, he'll come on TV with these scenarios and the agents and stuff like that will be listening. They, they be trying to put nuggets in their ear, you know what I'm saying, subliminally. They, you know, they, it's supposed to be for us, but subliminally they're trying to reach out to the player as well as his representation. So, like, that that's the way I feel about it, which is, which is smart. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's smart. Because, you know, you keep on saying that over and over and over again. Hopefully it, it happens, but that's the way I see it. Who that? Uh, what about Troutman? Uh, I think Troutman going to have a good season. I think that he became a, a above average blocker as a tight end. He, he improved as a blocker. He was already a good pass catcher. So, you know, I think that he's going to be a really good tight end. Mark hasn't been the same since he left. Uh, Robin, I disagree with that. Um, I disagree. Uh, uh, Mark Ingram had a really good season his first year in Baltimore. He had 14 total touchdowns, right? I mean, went to the Pro Bowl and everything. See, the thing about it is he wasn't, you know, on the agenda, you know what I'm saying, last season because, you know, you had J.K. Dobbins, the, the guy who came out of Ohio State. So, I mean, he was running really well, you know what I'm saying, and they wanted to go younger. So between, you know, him being a little bit injured and nicked up, you know, those those uh, younger guys emerged and, you know, he kind of took a step back. Uh, if Mark Ingram would have went into those, some of those games, I mean, it's, it's the Baltimore Ravens running game would have still been as effective. I think that the Houston Texans are going to get a really good Mark Ingram. See, Mark Ingram isn't like those uh, those 30-year-old running backs that, you, you know, when you start to look at him, oh, he's 30, he's starting to wear down. You have to look at the way the Saints used Mark Ingram over the years. The Saints didn't really run the football for the last four to five years as much as you'll see some of these other teams that have a thoroughbred running back, right? So when you look at Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram, I want to say he's 30, 31 years old or something like that. He's going to be 31 in December. Probably like his legs and, you know what I'm saying, the, the tread on the tire, he's probably about the age of a 28-year-old 28 running back. You know, because the Saints, the way that they actually use running backs, right? They had Alvin Kamara, 
you know what I'm saying, at the time they had Pierre Thomas and Darren Sproles, and they had all these different rotations and different variations of running backs where it wasn't just um, Mark Ingram running the ball 30, 40 times. So Mark Ingram still had some tread on the tires, and I just think that the way that the Saints actually used him, I think it was beneficial to him to be able to go out here towards the, the twilight of his career in order for him to get a couple more paychecks. If he was like a running back for the Seahawks, um, I don't think that you would have this version of a Mark Ingram. If he was uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, um, I don't think you would have this same type of uh, running back. Uh, Mark Ingram has a lot of more tread on the tires than a guy his age because of how the Saints uh, utilized him when he was in New Orleans. So I don't think that he's washed up yet. I just think that the Baltimore Ravens wanted to go a little bit younger because the narrative tells us when a running back reached the age of 30 years old, Oh, all of a sudden he can't, he just forget about, you know, he just forget how to run a football and he can't hold the book football high and tight and he can't go yard. I disagree. It depends on how a team uses a running back, how often they use him, how regularly he is and how many touches he get. Mark Ingram didn't get those many touches. So to me, he has a lot more left in the tank. If foes, Jimmy G and golf went to uh, a Super Bowl, Jameis can take the Saints. We just need to be fortunate to be healthy and good play calling in the playoffs. Limited mental mistakes. The team is there. I agree. You know, uh, I just think that we fall into that narrative. If we just automatically just assume that um, a team can't make the Super Bowl because they, they need this uh, elite lights out quarterback play. No, man, that's just what that's just what they tell us. That's what they try to program us to believe, you know, they try to make us believe, oh, you just need this lights out all world quarterback in order for you to get uh, to the Super Bowl. Not 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 exactly. OK, uh, you need a quarterback that is going to limit mistakes. You also need a quarterback that can make those throws in crucial situations. And you need a quarterback every now and then that can be able to bring you back from a deficit. And I think that Jameis can do that. I mean, I seen one week, uh, you know, the Saints get blew out. I want to say, I don't know if it was the, the Rams or something like that. I think it may have been the same. I want to say it was the same year that Drew Brees uh, broke his thumb, right? He had to get thumb surgery. The Saints lost to the Rams. The next week they played Tampa. And I think Jameis might put up like 40 some points on that Rams defense. So he's capable of uh, doing certain things, man. He's capable of going out there, getting that ball where it needs to be. The thing about it is, man, it's just uh, he just needs, uh, you know, he just needs balance, right? He needs somebody, you know, that can run the football. He can check the ball down to, and he don't have to look at being the is all and the be all of the team. If he does that, then I feel like he'll be he'll be fine. TJ, uh, leave out the fact that Winston had awful kickers in Tampa Bay as well. They missed the playoffs in his two and uh, fifth year because of the kicking game. Smallville, that's a good point too. Smallville on it today, man. I appreciate it, man. Smallville coming through with the facts. I appreciate that. But yeah, that's true. Uh, they definitely, uh, you know, they definitely had some struggles uh, with kickers. I think they had Matt Gay out there, and then you know you had the. Uh, you know, the kicker from uh, Florida State that they actually drafted, he was supposed to be, a, you know, really good. He was a, the, the kicker of the year. You know what I mean? He won, like, the, you know, the kicking award coming out of college and stuff like that. You know, I mean, the Lou Groza Award, you know what I'm saying? So they thought that they actually filled that position. Uh, it didn't pan out with him. Then all of a sudden they get Matt Gay. He can't kick. 
you know, and all of a sudden they get Ryan Suck up and now they got themselves, you know, a, a really good kicker, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, you know what I'm saying? Ryan Suckup was the last pick in the, in the draft a couple of years back. So, yeah, man, I mean, there was a couple of games where, you know, they should have won. I want to say it was a, what, a Giants game or something like that. I want to say it was with Daniel Jones' first year. They should have won that game. It was a couple of games they should have won, but I don't know, man, you know, but all in all, you got to limit those mistakes. Greg says, I may be wrong, but I think if Drew Brees wouldn't have had, had that rib injury, I think he could have maybe made another season. Well, I don't think he would have I don't think he would have came back regardless. That that just that's just me personally. Um I don't think that Drew uh was gonna come back. I really feel like he was really contemplating retirement, you know, the year going into last season. Uh, I just think that he he was just ready to to hang it up, man. You know, I think he just wanted to give it that old that old college try one more time. Uh, didn't work out, uh, but you know, I mean, that's just how it goes, man. You know, you want to you want to give it your all, right? But what happens when you try to give it your all and it just don't pan out? You know, but I'm I'm just I'm just excited that Drew Brees uh, can walk away from the game. No apologies. Uh, he has nothing to be ashamed of. He has nothing to hold his head down for. Drew Brees has given the NFL as well as Saints fans great memories. Uh, he gave us hope. He gave us confidence. He gave us the ability to hold our head up high and rock those Florida leaves on our shirts and on our hats and, you know what I'm saying, anywhere else on our body. Uh, you know, he, he gave us that, that type of feeling. So he has no reason to hang his head in shame. Uh, he's definitely the greatest Saint to ever put on a black and gold uniform and now he's transitioning to uh, the broadcasting booth, which I feel like he's going to excel. Um, you know, he he's an entrepreneur. He, he has Jimmy John's and walk-on restaurants all over the world. Uh, you know, he has uh, he has his hands in all different type of ventures. And it seems like he's extremely happy, man, coaching his son's football team. He's able to go out here and, and surf and, you know what I'm saying, and do some, uh, you know, some bike riding. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him, you know. I'm happy that he he has peace in his life. I'm happy that he got it out of his system. But you know, I don't want to see last memory of Drew Brees. You know, what I'm saying we we you know situations like this. You know, like that was one of my that was one of my biggest fears. You know, and, and honestly, I ain't gonna lie to you. Who that nation? I'm gonna be 100 real with you. If the pandemic didn't happen and it was the divisional round of the playoffs. And Drew Brees played the way that he did. The last memory that we would have had of Drew Brees would have been him getting booed in the Superdome. And that was like, that was my my biggest fear. That was my biggest fear. Like, and I didn't want nobody to be like, man, I can't, man, I'm so glad he retired. It, it was starting to get that way. So I'm glad that he went out like that. And honestly, in a, in a way, I'm kind of happy that they didn't have, didn't have a lot of people in the, in the, in the Superdome because I don't think it would have been a memorable response, right? You know, especially during a the game. They probably at the end when he walked off the field, he probably, but in, in the middle of the game, I think people would have booed him. Uh, only set records in completion percentage. Yeah, Breeze was terrible. Um, I don't know where that come from. He must be responding to somebody. Uh, Here's my hashtag for next season. Uh, new team, same dream. Uh, peaking and during my lunch break, I'll catch the entire podcast later. Thanks, DJ. Well, appreciate that, Tyra. 
And thank you so much, Tyler, for, uh, you know, getting a State of the Saints podcast t-shirt. I appreciate that. And everybody, man, that, that, that purchased a State of the Saints podcast t-shirt, I appreciate that. Uh, also, you know, I still have shirts available for those that are interested in getting the uh, State of the Saints podcast t-shirt. You know, uh, they still have some available. And also, the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Uh, Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Father's Day is just around the corner, and you can give your father or even give yourself a gift from Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is available right now. All you have to do is use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints, uh, in lowercase letters, and you'll save 20% off of your purchase from Manscaped. So go to manscaped.com, uh, use the promo code State of Saints, and you'll get 20% off on all Manscaped items. And, uh, you know, thank you all so much for, for being here. And uh, let's go ahead and get back to the comments. We have casual. Uh, we have casual says, good afternoon, TJ and who that fam. Uh, we could probably see AK Eclipse 20 touchdowns this season and hopefully more. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's 420 uh, year round in Colorado. <laughs> Carla. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, they, you know, they, they free to blaze up around there. Uh, Chief Rising Bulls is uh, a leap to who that nation. And what's going on? Appreciate that. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate you uh, joining in. Who that 32 said Drew threw for 5,162 yards in 2013 when we beat Philly in the playoffs in Philly. Okay, you know, that's that's one. You know, Peyton Manning was two. I want to say when he uh, – when he broke Drew Brees' single-season record. But no, more times than not, more times than not, you're going to see a guy throw for 5,000 yards because his team can't stop a nosebleed is what I'm saying. There's always exceptions to the rule, okay? You know, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. You know, people, you know, break these records and their team still become successful, okay? There's always going to be, there's always going to be exceptions, but more times than not, you know, if you throw for 5,000 yards, your team is not going to make the playoffs. Dak Prescott did it a couple of years ago. Team didn't make the playoffs. Jameis Winston did it a couple of years ago. Uh, team didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Matthew Stafford did it a couple of years ago. Team didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. You know, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Um, let's see. Broncos got Teddy Bridgewater, no Rodgers in Denver. I mean, honestly, that <laughs> look, man, we, we know what they feel about Teddy Bridgewater. So two main things uh, make a great quarterback, getting first downs and touchdowns constantly. Good point. You mean that and also decision making, too. You know, it's like you got to have you know, you got to be able to make good decisions and teams got to count on you in, in, in clutch situations. Uh, Smallville, uh, thank you very much for the $5, says TJ. Uh, folks, uh, leave out the fact that Winston had awful, already read that one, already read that one. But Smallville, thank you very much for the $5. Let's see, Alfred says, you think Johnson going to make a good transition to tight end? Uh, it's possible. I mean, he has the size. I mean, he's 6'4". At this particular time, he's 231 pounds. Uh, he should be able to make uh, a good transition. You know, that, that would be... You know, that would be something that I feel like he can he can do. He's already an above 
average blocker. You know, he already does like a really good job at blocking. So you add, you know, a couple of little more pounds on him, maybe add like 10 more pounds. I think he'll do just fine. Uh, do you think Adebo could be the Saints starting cornerback? I think he is going to be the Saints starting cornerback. I said this before, uh, Paulson Adebo, um, me personally, you know, I said, I just feel like, I just feel like uh, Paulson Adebo is going to be a really, you know, a really good, uh, you know, cornerback. Uh, he could have easily been a first round pick. He could have easily been a first round pick, you know, if he, if he probably would have uh, had a full season of football this season. I think he would have been mentioned among some of these cornerbacks that we were talking about. I just think that uh, him not playing uh, last season because of the pandemic, I think he kind of hurt his draft stop. Mark Ingram is like Frank Gore, uh, played to 50. Yeah, I think he can play for a long time. I think he can. I wish we could have resigned Ingram. Yeah, me too. I thought it was going to go that way, but, you know, Houston, I think that was a good landing spot for him. All is well, fam. Thanks for coming in, big homie. Ken Arthur said, TJ, are we still targeting Richard Sherman and Golden Tate? I think it's going to be that way until they actually sign with somebody. You know, I think that's the way that it's going to be. Saints Uptown says, I know we're going to need a corner, but I hope we don't be desperate enough to sign Sherman. I don't understand. I don't think that signing Sherman would be a desperation move. I think that it would be a smart move. You know, I don't think that they will look at, look at him as, you know, being a guy who is going to start in game in, game out. I think if you add this guy as far as depth, his ability to be able to understand defenses and also that extra leadership in the locker room, I think is already a plus. You know, sometimes having those seasoned veterans on a team is it, it beneficial not only not only to the play uh, of, of younger players, but also the team as a whole, man. You know, being able to go there and having enough skins on the wall and having a certain level of respect because people see you do it at such a high level, I think that it's beneficial. Like, you look at somebody like Malcolm Jenkins who comes in, right? I don't think it's a coincidence that at the safety position, it probably was Marcus Williams' best year at safety. I don't think it. I don't think that it was a coincidence that Malcolm Jenkins just so happened to be on the team the same year where Marcus Williams had his best season as a tackler and as a safety. You know, sometimes you need that veteran leadership to help those younger guys see certain things, to instill confidence in those guys, to help them, to pull them to the side and say, "Hey, man, you know, I seen you make the play on that, but you know what would have helped you get that interception if you would have did this." You need that, right? And I think that somebody like Richard Sherman coming in uh, with a guy that, that, you know, has the same similar size and skip, possible skills and abilities that he had, you know, if he can instill some type of knowledge inside somebody like a Debo, instill some knowledge inside a guy like a Marshawn Lattimore, I think that would be a plus, you know? So, yeah, I, I think it would be a good, I think it would be a good addition. But me personally, I think Paulson Adebo is going to start from day one. Top of the afternoon, TJ. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Derek says, we're going to be all right. Who that? Jerry, uh, giving a shout out to Uptown, says, big bro, Winston will be all right. And you're correct. Uh, Smallville said, Jameis Winston has six kickers in five years in Tampa. Yeah, that's not good when you don't have stability. You need those kickers. Those kickers can decide games for you. So definitely need that. Ramsey says Drew Brees gave us the number one rate of all the Super Bowl. Um, 
United New Orleans after Katrina, no one can take that away from him. I agree. You know, I mean, it's hard for me to say anything, you know, negative about Drew Brees as a New Orleans Saint at all, you know. Uh, and Sean Payton, we trust. Saw violins playing about Drew Brees. Sub TJ. <laughs> What's going on, DJ, man? Shout out to my guy DJ in, in the chat, man. Uh, big time Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, man. Uh, you know, one of my good friends right there, man. Good, solid brother right there, man. Hey, man, when I come to Charlotte, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up. Plan on coming to Charlotte week two for that same game. Uh, Damien says, I'm here, TJ, not commenting because I'm driving, but listening. Appreciate that, Damien. Shouts out to Damien for being here. Steven says, if Jameis can make amazing throws down the field but can figure out at least half of what Drew did uh, in a short and intermediate game, he's going to uh, be going to have issues. Well, I don't expect for uh, Jameis to be Drew Brees. If, if we're just being honest, man, I'm, if we're just being honest, uh, Jameis Winston has better arm talent than even Drew Brees had. Now, I'm going to say that again. Uh, Jameis Winston has better arm talent than Drew Brees. Drew Brees was the biggest, in my opinion, overachiever, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in probably NFL history due to his size, uh, due to his arm strength. He was able to kind of use what he had to, to work in his favor. But when we're talking about making all the throws, when we're talking about arm strength, when we're talking about ability to throw on a run, uh, Jameis Winston has better you know, arm talent than Drew. Now, can he be a better quarterback than Drew? Can he put it all together to become better? I don't know that remains to be seen. We can see more of AK-41 getting uh, passes out of the backfield just like we did uh, with Reggie Bush. That's true. I mean, Sean Payton will always have that running back that, that can catch out of the backfield. Jameis Winston is the last quarterback to throw for 5,000 yards in a 16-game schedule. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sound like ESPN with that one. <laughs> the way it looks now, Adebo is our starter. Paulson Adebo is going to start. Like that, that's unless he just goes out there and just lays, lays the biggest egg ever. You know, he he's going to be the starter. Go so gear up. You know, that that's going to be the starter. If Jameis uh, winning, no one will care about the stats. Uh, when did we start caring about stats? I don't know. I don't, I don't really care about stats. I already told you. I I mean, I don't even care about wins and losses at this point. I did a show a couple months or about a month ago, and I was talking about the schedule. I told you, I don't care. I don't care about division titles. I don't care about win-loss records. As long as the Saints have more wins than losses and get them to the playoffs, that's all I care about. Why should I care about home field advantage for the last two years I've seen the Saints lose at home? Why should I care about division titles when the last four years I've seen the Saints win the division and yet they still lose in the playoffs? I don't care about that stuff. I don't look as long as they there in the end, that's the only thing that I actually care about. And I feel like you should feel the same way too. I mean, what, what, what does bragging rights and, Oh, we won a division at this particular point. What, what, why does that even matter? You know, that, why, why does that even matter? I don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I really don't. Paulson Adebo will start, but I'm wondering who will be on the other side while Lattimore is suspended. I don't know. It'll probably be Ken Crawley. <laughs> might be. Might be uh, Patrick Robinson. You know, might be somebody like that. You know, I, I would assume that he's probably going to be suspended no more than two games. I can't see four and six games. I, I don't see that. T 
TJ Jameis Winston is the last quarterback to throw 5,000 yards. I already read that one. Uh, Sherman is a great move, experience, and teaching. Exactly. Facts. Think about this, though, folks, for all those people that's talking about, you know, Richard Sherman being a bad decision. So if the Saints can get uh, Richard Sherman to come here for, I don't know, $2 million, right? If he's here for $2 million, would you care? Would you care if he was here for $2 million and you know for a fact that you got yourself a solid leader who's a, border, a borderline, if not already, and a, hall, a future Hall of Famer, a guy that, you know, is, is a really smart football player, and you know for a fact that he'll be able to help some of those younger guys. Doesn't that seem like a deal? That seems like one heck of a deal to me. I'm just being serious. If the Saints can go out here and get a million dollars to bring John Carney in to be a kicking consultant uh, for Garrett Hartley when he was going through some, you know, some some tough times when he was a kicker, why in the world can't the Saints go out here and get somebody like a Richard Sherman for about $2 million that could probably play on the field for, you know, you know, and be in the game and also help some of these younger guys out? That seemed like a heck of a deal to me. I'm just saying, you know, you get leadership, you get a guy that can play, a guy that can dissect defenses, and, you know what I'm saying, still has enough left in the tank to be able to make a play or two, and, and you help your younger players because he will have their respect, you know, by him coming in, uh, winning a Super Bowl, being one of the best corners in the league in the last decade, I think that's a plus. What up, TJ? Uh, I think Pete Warner will be a pleasant surprise at linebacker for the Saints. Dude is a tackling machine. I agree. I like him a lot, man. I, I like, I, I get a lot of Luke Keekly vibes from him. I, I really do. Uh, I have paid particular attention to Sherman, and I think his skill set has declined. Uh, we felt the same way about Brandon Brown and Jarrett Bird, but I think that it, it's a little bit different, Saints Uptown. Uh, first off, uh, look, the, the dude is in his 30s. Uh, he had an Achilles injury. Uh, and when you have an Achilles injury, it takes you a couple of years in order for you to get back. Uh, for us to just sit up here and say um, that this guy just completely just fell off the face of the earth, I, I have to disagree with that. And I, I know what we're talking about here. We're talking about in the playoffs. I mean, in, in that Super Bowl game, like when he was uh, going up against, uh, I want to say Tyreek Hill, right? But Tyreek Hill makes a lot of guys look, you know, ridiculous how fast he is. So, for me to sit up here and just say that this guy is just straight slow and he getting burnt on every play, no, he's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like he's not going to be a starter anyway. He Would he be beneficial? Like, we're, we're looking at, like, he's going to be a starter game in, game out every single play. I don't see that. And you know what I'm saying? And if he is, it's not going to be on the outside all the time. I'm looking at him coming to this team to be able to can contribute and also be a leader and also be able to be a mentor to some of these younger cornerbacks. And I feel like that'll be one heck of a deal because me personally, like I said, I think Paulson Adebo is going to start anyway. I don't think the Saints selected him for him to be on the sidelines. You know, I mean, for Sean Payton to come out in a press conference and already say they already have like an idea uh, for him. And I'm, I'm just saying like, he already said that he would want him to be on the left side. Like Richard Sherman played about 90, 90% of, of his snaps on defense on the left side. You know, so, I mean, look, me personally, I think that, you know, it would be beneficial uh, for him to come to the New Orleans Saints. Like I, he's not going to be a starter anyway. You know, anybody that the Saints select 
and they, they sign as a free agent at this point, I don't see being a starter anyway. You're right, is Richard Sherman or not? Like, I think y'all looking for a free agent to come in and be opposite of Lattimore. They got Paulson Adebo for that. Paulson Adebo is going to be a starter. Unless, like, he just goes out there and he just looks absolutely trash, which I don't think so. Because I think, I think that, that guy has a lot of confidence in himself. I think he has a lot of, man, he, 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 man that dude believes in himself. And I think he's going to be a really good cornerback for the Saints. Sherman Wright is better than uh, all of the other corners, including Lattimore, mentally for sure. Now, I don't think he's better than Lattimore at this stage of his career, but he's probably he's smarter. He's a, he's a smarter football player. Uh, this, I'm not saying that Lattimore is dumb, or he don't understand uh, offense and, and, and plays and dissecting stuff, but Richard Sherman is in a, in a league of his own. Uh, uh, the Saints need $2.5 million in additional cap space to sign the rookies. We must be looking at extensions now and even cuts. Uh, I don't think you're going to be looking at cuts at this point, Ryan. Uh, I think if, if you do, it's probably going to be some some guys that we don't really know or really haven't had an appreciation for their skill set. If they're going to do that, uh, you know, you, you want to be able to sign Lattimore. I'm hearing stuff about them trying to uh, do something with Ramchek. So when they get those extensions and – you know that that'll help them out tremendously. So when you put in, when you give Ramchek an extension, when you give Lattimore an extension, Marcus Williams an extension, that'll help you out. Facts, TJ. I've been saying that. Yeah, uh, Steve said I agree. I love Adebo's tape. Adebo is a confident guy. Yeah, he, he definitely is, man. You got to be confident to play uh, the cornerback position. Uh, I'll be in Charlotte as well. The game is. On my B day, and I've already uh, bought my tickets. Can't wait, Coach. Uh, well, hopefully, I'll look forward to you know seeing you there. If I, you know, if you know, if we run into each other, you know, look forward to seeing you there. But I definitely plan on going to that game. Uh, I would give that division title up last year for a Super Bowl. You ain't lying, uh, Richard Sherman. Washed. Uh, I, I have to somebody prove to me that he just completely washed up. No, that dude is not completely washed up. You know. I, I don't I haven't seen like I haven't seen all these games that people are talking about. I mean, I've seen Richard Sherman play quite a bit over these last couple of years. The only game I really just seen him struggle uh, was in that Super Bowl game. Like when he went up against uh, Michael Thomas, when the Saints played the 49ers, Michael Thomas uh, didn't really start doing that. <laughs> he got the majority of his yards late in the fourth quarter. So he, he really had much had him under control. I really don't understand like what people are talking about. I need I need those people to show me this tape, and I, I I can only I can only think of one game, you know. But I only can think of one game where I can just see Richard Sherman, which is out there and just looking old and slow, and that was in that Super Bowl. But that was Tyreek Hill he was going up against. Tyreek Hill make everybody look old and slow. <laughs> Who that fam about to roll out workflow? Looks like this storm is not letting up here in my area. Y'all be safe. Who that? Yeah, I'm about to, uh, you know, roll up out of here as well. I got to get ready for the uh, 2 o'clock uh, show live here at the station. So I'm about to uh, wrap it up in a few minutes myself. Derek says, to be honest, TJ, I would love to get Sherman and Sheldon Richardson. Uh, Sherman for the depth and mentorship and Richardson for adding depth and the D-line rotation. Yeah. Steven says, I care about seven picks, six 
uh, in one year. Sean won't let it happen. A good decision. Jameis means a two-quarterback system, two-headed monster. Defenses can't prepare for both. I don't see it being a two-headed monster, and, and honestly, you don't want that because that messes with the camaraderie and the chemistry between the quarterback and the wide receiver. You don't want to have, okay, you throw the ball 40 times, Jameis throw it 20, uh, Taysom throw it 20. No, I, I look at Jameis being a primary, uh, you know, signal caller, and also, you know, Taysom coming in with his Swiss Army knife roll. So that's, that's the way I see it. I don't see two quarterback sets. Uh, anybody that played football on the offensive side of football, you know that chemistry is very important in having two quarterbacks. And I want to say, I don't know if it was John Madden or some other coach said, if you have two quarterbacks, that means you have none. So I look at the Saints having Jameis as their primary play caller, and I, I look at uh, Taysom doing the Swiss Army thing. DeWine says, we got a first rounder for a third in the Debo. Yep. Everybody hit the like button, guys. I would appreciate it if y'all hit the like button if you're enjoying the show. If you're enjoying the State of Saints podcast and you enjoy the content, please hit the like button. I would appreciate that. Uh, Reginald says, I agree. Two offenses short and long, uh, hard to stop. Um, it's, man, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to have a two-quarterback set. Man, you have two quarterbacks, you have none in my opinion. Uh, hey, TJ, can we look forward to Quine back on the roster next season? Yeah, at the right price and if he's uh, if he's healthy enough. I recall the last time we played Sherman when he was uh, Seattle. Sherman gave up a touchdown to Brandon Coleman, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Thomas. Just facts. Okay, so a cornerback's don't, don't supposed to have, don't supposed to give up absolutely nothing, right? Like, how we, I don't understand, like, I don't understand like how we judge cornerbacks. Like if a quarter if a cornerback is great, right? If a cornerback is great, what I feel like people's definition of a good cornerback these days is for him not to give up absolutely nothing. Like if he gives up one touchdown, then all of a sudden he's not all he cracked up to be. Do y'all not understand these are really good, these are really good wide receivers that these dudes line up against? Do y'all understand that it's gonna be a strong possibility that they're gonna get beat? Does, it, does that diminish the fact that they're really good? Does it diminish the fact that uh, Richard Sherman is going to end up going to the Hall of Fame? Is it going to completely diminish that he's a multi-time All-Pro? Does it diminish the fact that he's an extremely smart player? Does it diminish the fact that, you know, he was a key component to one of the best defenses of all time? So all I'm saying is this. And honestly, and if you have to go back to when the Saints uh, played the Seattle Seahawks in the Superdome, that was about three or four years ago. So the fact that if you have to bring up three or four years ago in order for you to validate a point, that's not that's not very, like, I don't know, man. That, to me, <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about a guy having a bad game four years ago or three years, I mean, or five years ago, I'll take that. You know, I'll take that. And uh, you say Sherman isn't the player, that player any longer. He doesn't have to be that player. Is what Janora Jenkins the same Janora Jenkins he was when he was in St. Louis? No. Was he the same uh, Janora Jenkins he was when he was joining the uh, New York Giants for the very first time over the last couple of seasons? No. But was he still formidable? Was he still doing a really good job on the outside against uh, uh, Stephon Diggs when the Saints played them? Yes. Uh, what about uh, Antonio Brown? Yes. You don't have to go out here and, you know what I'm saying, win. You're like, you're not going to win every matchup. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's not the true definition of a of a great cornerback. You're going to lose some battles. That don't mean that you are a bad cornerback. I don't understand that. Like people will argue me to death. Like if I say that Marshawn Lattimore is a good cornerback and Marshawn Lattimore allow a touchdown, oh man, he sucks. Like how are we judging cornerbacks? Like what if, you know what I'm saying? Are we judging? Are we going back and looking at the tape? Or are we looking at the fact that, oh, they was doing this and this guy ran past them? That don't make you a bad cornerback. That just means that that guy made a better play. And, you know, like I said, I mean, guys are not, he's not the same Richard Sherman he was in Seattle. You know, he's not. You know what I'm saying? He's older. But that don't mean that the guy don't have nothing to offer a team, is all I'm saying. You look at pro football focus, you look at his analytics. <laughs> I mean, he's still up there among some of the best cornerbacks to do it. That's all I'm saying. I mean, we can talk about one or two plays that happen. They happen. They happen to the best. I, I seen, uh, oh, oh, you know, so I seen Stephon Gilmore. You know, what I'm saying get worked by DK Metcalf. That guy was the defensive player of the year. Does that mean that Stephon Gilmore is trash? You know, like guys are going to give up big plays. That just comes with the territory. That's not how I judge a uh, cornerback play. You know, what I'm saying guys are going to get beat. That's not how you judge. A uh, good cornerback play. I do it on technique. I do it on, uh, you know, dissecting plays. I do it on making tackles. I do it, you know what I'm saying, on, on, you know, the way that they actually guard guys. They're going to give up plays. I mean, it's just what it is. You know, if you think that uh, the true definition of a, a cornerback or a lockdown corner uh, is a guy who never, ever, ever allows a touchdown, then they, they ain't got no lockdown corners, not even Deion Sanders. I can show you footage of Deion Sanders getting worked. I can show you uh, footage of uh, Darrell Rivas getting worked. Uh, I can give you footage of uh, Richard Sherman getting worked. You know, like, it, it happens. You know, but me, you know, that, that's that's not what true, that's not the true definition of what a lockdown corner is to me. TJ, who is your candidate for the high sock award before the season starts? Uh, high sock, high socks, uh, mm mm-hmm. I, I have to see, man. Let me let me uh let me get the training camp for I answer that question, Mario. Uh proper coach experience matters. Sherman cool with that. Uh Sherman cool, who that? I agree. Guys are gonna get beat, especially how the game and rules are set up. And that's all I'm saying, man. I mean, look, I can understand how he feels, and I'm not look, I'm not me personally, uh, you know what I'm saying? Saints uptown, I mean he has a good point, right? I'm not gonna argue and say that. He's the same Richard Sherman. He is not. I agree with you on that. But to say that he doesn't have absolutely nothing to offer a team, like, nah, I, I, I can't agree with that. I can't agree that he doesn't have anything to offer a team. He has something to offer. I mean, he can go out there and he can make some plays. You know, he, he definitely can make some plays. Uh, shout out to all the Saints podcasts, Who That Nation chat line, TSC with Big Q. Uh, WDC Saints uh, uh, News Network, New Orleans Saints, Under the Dome, and everyone from the OG. So, Jared, giving a shout-out to all the Saints podcasts out there. And uh, speaking of the Saints podcast, now I got some exciting news before we get up out of here. And I'm excited to announce this, man. Um, I said about last week sometime, man, I was I got reached out. Uh, someone reached out to me via email, uh, and it was from uh, Amaze Media Labs. Uh, they're actually launching a brand new uh, football network um, this fall. 
Uh, and they asked uh, the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of the network. So uh, starting uh, this 2021 season, I'm happy to announce that I um, have signed. The State of the Saints podcast has signed with the Maze Media Labs Network. It's an upcoming, uh, you know, uh, podcasting network. Um, and in August, uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, the State of the Saints podcast will be presented by DraftKings.com. That's right. DraftKings will be an official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, and I will be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network uh, with Amaze Media Lab. So I'm excited about that, man. Excited to have this partnership uh, with an up-and-coming up and coming company. Um, them reaching out to the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, they love the content. They love the way that we do things here. They love the show. So, uh, man, we're moving in a positive direction, man. We actually got some corporate sponsor and corporate backing now going into the football season. So I'm excited about that. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, that just means that you'll be able to check out uh, the State of the Saints podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network, but you can still check it out here on YouTube. Nothing much is going to change. Uh, just the difference is we might, uh, you know, well, we're definitely going to be having like more uh, individual checking out the podcast. Uh, you know, they'll help out a little bit more uh, with interviews and also just different sponsors, man. So the first sponsor is going to be DraftKings, uh, DraftKings.com, man. So excited about that. Happy about the direction of the State of the Saints podcast. Excited to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast ne uh, Network as well as Amaze Media Lab. So like to thank them for that opportunity. Thank them for uh, reaching out and looking forward to having a great partnership there, man. So just want to give you all that good news and just excited about it, man. State of the Saints podcast moving in a positive direction. And uh, I told you, man, we, we're on our way to the moon, man. We're on our way. So I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, uh, please, uh, if you have not already, purchased the State of the Saints podcast t-shirt. Uh, you can go to Cash App, dollar sign State of Saints. That's dollar sign State of Saints. Purchase the State of the Saints podcast t-shirt. And um, thank you all so much. And uh, once again, uh, Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And uh, man, I, I just appreciate everybody for supporting this podcast since day one. And believing in a guy, man, from New Orleans, uh, that wanted to give you all Saints football. And uh, now, you know, we're, you know, you say we'll be funded, you know, <laughs> corporate sponsored podcast. That's amazing, right? So thank you all so much. Look forward to hearing from you in the future. Uh, hopefully I'll be back tonight, man, so I can be able to take some of your phone calls and have another show later on tonight. So I'll, I'll keep you all posted on that. I'll make sure that I send out a uh, notification to let everybody know if I'm going live tonight. But until uh, next time, all I got to say is, who that?